Hello, heroes. You can clap. It's fine. <laughs> and welcome to the 2023 Skyjack's Gen Con live show. <gasps> wow. Yes. Okay. Folks, we've got an exciting show for you. With me is Nathan Blades. Hello, contestants. Hello, contestants. I am your androgynous AI game show host from the future, Nathan Blades. This is now my voice, tabletop RPG, designer, streamer, voice actor, and general internet ne'er-do-well. It is a pleasure to be in America for the very first time. And, of course, we also have Tyler Davis. Hey! What's up, everybody? I'm Tyler Davis, uh, writer, director, performer, just a guy. And on strike. On strike. I'm on strike. Yeah. Hey, we, us. We Sorry. did check with the WGA and SAG after. This is fine. This is mm-hmm. fine. We're okay. <laughs> James, James texted me like, uh, like, Two three weeks ago, like, are you are is, are you is it okay are if we good? do this? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I reached out to my union, and I'm good. We're good. <laughs> we have a special presentation for you tonight because we are about to play a brand new role playing system that is not Ooh. the Skyjacks role playing system. Uh, this system is based on uh, two games. Uh, one is The Last Shot uh, by Grant Green, and by extension, it is uh, based on Final Bid. And I'm trying to remember the name of the person who designed Final Bid, and it is escaping me. And I, I, post. I see people, uh, yeah, I'll edit this in in post, and the real name of the game will appear, and everybody will, 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 will know the name of the designer. Hi everyone, this is Allie, your friendly neighborhood editor, here to adjust some details for you, our beloved audience. At this Gen Con live show, the game that James is debuting with this show is inspired by two games. One is called Last Shooting by Grant Green, and the second one is called Final Bid by Vel Mini. These two games were influences for James when he was developing this game system to be played for this reason at this place in this time. We hope you enjoy the show. Bye-bye. It is a system where characters uh, take control of the scene by bidding valuable aspects of themselves. So the two characters that you are about to see here tonight are going to reveal a great deal of information about themselves to you. And you are going to learn new information about these characters. We are going to learn new information about these characters. You'll finally learn my character's measurements. (laughs) We did. We did sit down at this uh, very fast spaghetti dinner and go through everything that we know about one of these characters. So that was quick. It was quicker than, (laughs) than you'd expect it to be. With this... 
we are going to start playing. And to do that, uh, but without revealing names of your characters, mm-hmm, I'm first going to ask you both questions. Mm-hmm. The first question is, what called you to the sky? Well, I would say it is uh, hmm, a bid for anti-colonial revolution. Tyler, what first called your character to the sky? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say an escape from a dire situation. Ooh, I like that. And the next question, what called you to become a Corsair? Hmm. Uh, for freedom and myself and others. Okay. And Tyler, what about yours? Let's say uh, something to the effect of uh, it's uh, the the greatest thrill. Um, mm. There's no, oh. there's nothing, there's nothing that beats it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, then I am going to have you introduce your characters. There are the blanks that mm-hmm. you will fill in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they are looking that over, I will set a bit of our scene. We are in the sky, on the skyship Uhuru. Wind whistles past the planks and boards on the ship. The headframe creaks, the headframe moans, as the ship is tossed about by the tail edges of a maelstrom. Far in the distance, the seasons are changing rapidly, playing hell with anything on the ground that bears different by season. Trees grow leaves, shed leaves, and bark strips from the rest of the tree as wind whips. In the captain's quarters above the skyship Uhuru, we find Oromar Vale. He has a far and distant expression on his face. He stares forward, past the boards of the ship, past perhaps even the storm itself. His battle is internal. Although the wind threatens his ship and his crew, he knows he will weather that storm. The storm in question that he worries over is in his heart. Nathan, please introduce yourself uh, using the fill-in-the-blank format that mm-hmm. I've established. I am Oromar Vale. One day I will become a living legend enemy to the selfish crimson coin together we were the brightest star to sprout from the earth and alone i am insistent to be right and tyler please introduce your character i gotta have these filled out <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's i go. gave you a lot of time <laughs> uh let's see i am calivar one day i will be untouchable enemy to those who know better together we were a force alone i am still a force this game works in scenes but first we need to lay a little groundwork and for that for scene one when we met the first thing that i need to know is when these two characters met had each heard the call of the sky so I believe that in the kind of uh, what we've scattered in lore across playing the game and improvising, uh, we've had uh, us kind of quite simultaneously be interested in going into the sky, uh, but the call to the sky. Uh, but Oromar's route is different from Calavar's because Calavar did not join the Red Feathers uh, at any point. So while we 
it did so at the same time, there's probably a different reason or a different boat or yeah. method that you took to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, What What kind of would have immediately summoned you up there? Maybe like standing, like being called to trial for like something that he'd done as oh, a, as a, yeah. in his youth. Yeah, I like um, that. I feel like probably Calivar has maybe, has always been some kind of grifter, some kind of like con person and i think he's just been like captured and like stands trial because they they is like you've been caught one too many times my guy then mm -hmm. then uh to to clarify further is the first time that calivar and oromar met when they were in the sky or did they meet at some time before this because mm. you're both from bandari mm-hmm mm-hmm mm -hmm. I would love there to be, and I can just establish this, so I don't know where yeah. I need to preclude you, with. No one can stop you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything we say is I canon. am powerless. <laughs> ah, um, I, I, I love the idea of what is essentially like high fantasy, like summer camp of a thing. Like we have encountered each other and in the kind of like, oh, uh, people go adventuring in the world of Sphere. People train to be able to be in the sky. And that requires combat skills. It requires camping. It requires those kind of like survivalist stuff. Uh, and we, you know, did I, the equivalent of high fantasy summer camp. I, I, one year. I am going to, I'm going to no but this for with uh, Bendari. When the Red Feathers came to Bendari, there were no skyships. Mm. Bendari was one of the greatest sailing nations to ever grace sphere. Mm. Um, but of course, the seas became quite dangerous for a while. And then the Red Feathers showed up with their flying ships before you left. But I do want to say yes to the summer camp that gave you adventuring skills. Mm. Uh, so I think what I want to establish is that the children of Bandari even if Bendari cannot sail, even if it is not safe for Bendari to sail, they still train to become sailors. Mm -hmm. After the stars fell, the old city of Bendari, old Bendari was a magnificent metropolis. There were tall buildings. There was, there was a magnificent dock full of tall ships. With sails, Ormar's father said, towered to the clouds themselves. When the stars fell, the sea gathered itself up, and it picked up every great Bandari ship in the harbor, and it poured it onto the land. Those ships were frozen in the ground, smashed into the dirt, sand, and earth of Sphere. But the people of Bandari survived that, and those survivors used concrete to cover those ships and turn them into the homes of Bendari citizens. Those frozen ships are what many Bendari who grew up after the stars fell grew up in and around. And one ship in particular, halfway into the woods of Bendari, became a favorite play place of Bendari children. And that is the place where Oromar and Kalivar sharpened their steel. It was a place where you played sailor, the great legacy of the people of Bandari, the legacy that you knew somehow, some way, you would one day reclaim. There wasn't an official curriculum for this. It was something that I think every child in Bandari sensed that they would have to discover for themselves. And I think no two were more eager 
than Oromar and Calavar? So I think the answer to that question is yes. You had both heard the call to the sky, but you wouldn't have called it that. You perhaps thought it was a call to the sea, a call to the legacy of your people. My next question is, how did your opponent's reputation precede them? Hmm. I mean, how early does your delinquency start? I th- <laughs> I'm over here trying to like, it's like, is there a way for me to kind of like add in where it's like, Calavar is here at this camp under a different name. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like if, if, if it's like standardized and it's like known that it's like, it feels like a summer camp that you send your, your kids off to if you can afford it mm. and Calavar's parents like can't. And so, but uh, this is, this is interesting. I'm going to follow along with you. Yeah. And I, the, the thing that I wanted for the people of Pandaria, for them to not be capitalists, because okay. I think it is important for the Red Feathers to come in and introduce that poison. Mm. Right. But I do kind of like the idea of Bandari's not being perfect either, of having complicated and imperfect laws that still have injustice sewn into them. And I think, I think you are allowed to play in this place if your parents are in good standing with mm. the people of Bendari. If your parents have committed a crime, you are barred from certain things and you had to fake your way in. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's um, at some point someone made a call for like doing a roll call for like an Antoine Hutchins mm-hmm. mm. and Calavar's hand shot up. Okay. And that's me. Mm-hmm. And for throughout summer camp, uh, he will be known as Ca- as Antoine, but um, we it, the real Antoine didn't check in. Mm. Sure. Know. Oh wow. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the Man, thing. We don't that know. could give me terrible know. directions. Where <laughs> is this place? <laughs> so, how did your opponent's reputation precede them? I mean, I think. A rumor quickly goes around after like night three that at like midnight when we're all curfews like 10, we're adventurers, but you know, you got to get your, your, your be sleep. (laughs) And there's already a a thing of like, there are kids that are fighting by the campfire ring at 11 and one kid has beaten every single person so far. I'm like, oh. Well, I guess I have to stay up late then. (laughs) Oh no, how devilish. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like already hearing rumors that there are A, fights going on that aren't sanctioned ones. And B, that like, oh, and they've never lost. Ooh, ooh, juicy. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Calvar, what about you? I think that there is a, like very early on, probably like the first or second day, because Mm. we are still training to be sailors Mm -hmm. maybe there is like an introductory course where like a group of people get together and like one like leader like leads everyone through is like show me your knots show me all all the knots that you know and like and there's this one kid like there was this kid oromar and it just made its way through uh just by hearsay through the talks that like oromar just kept coming up with new knots coming up with new knots Coming up with, and then I feel like it got to the point where he showed there were like two knots that like he showed the instructor that the instructor was like, 
this isn't like this is nothing. And then they pull on it and like it holds and and he's just he's the nut guy today. <laughs> today, for the few people who know the Bandari legends and the many people who know the legends of Oromar Vale, it is known that in the great city of Bandari, their greatest king, their first king, the great King Gina was tested by the sea itself, was challenged to show that a human, that a person, could sail upon the waves. And the sea challenged the great King Gina to tie knots, to show that he could make waves in his strings, in his threads, in his ropes. As many waves as sit upon me, the vast ocean. And King Gina said yes. I will do this. I will do this from this when the sun rises and until the sun sets. Now, of course, at this camp, they did not start when the sun rises on this knot exercise, but they did start late enough in the day that a young Oromar Vale was certain that he could tie knots until the sun set. And so he studied every knot known to the Bandari people. But more than that, when the day grew long, when the shadows nearly mixed with the shade of the evening and the moon's light lit the sky to stretch the hours Oromar made new knots. No one knows if it's true, but if you know Oromar Vale, if you have seen Oromar Vale, there is a part of you that will believe that. Next, what called you to conflict? I mean, I have to go see... Yeah. Who is beating yeah. every single kid? That's we established pretty. a fight ring. That's obvious. Okay. Okay. Somebody came out with two black eyes. I'm like, yo, all right. <laughs> I thought this was sword fighting and still. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old were you at this point? Being aware that you left with the Red Feather Syndicate when you were 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is now officially Pokemon rules. <laughs> Yeah, bud. <laughs> if you're out, if you're strong enough to go out in these woods and fight at ten, then you were clearly. <laughs> we maybe push it to eleven, just you know, to, 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 to sway people's feelings. And this is clearly a setting where no eleven-year-olds are under serious, strenuous danger. We yeah, haven't yeah. established any lines and veils, but I figured that we would go and establish that up front. Yep. Nobody's dying out here at eleven, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I. I um, stay up late i wait to see the lantern outside of the cabin or whatever to go away how old is calvar you said 11 i said 11 uh nine yeah Yeah. (laughs) now nine-year-old's dying (laughs) no Yeah, we're only protecting people who are close to being adults, which is the only type of person that counts. <laughs> uh, can can I uh, like lay something on? I like the idea that um, uh, that Calivar, it this this little nine year old who's just kicking ass. Like his calling card is like if he beats you, which he will, um, <laughs> he'll take one of your boots for the night. <laughs> and so you have to come back to him the next morning to get your to boot. get your boot back. Oh, how many boots does he have now? Right now, people who've never come back to admit they were defeated. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, 
Yeah, well, here's the thing. There, there's a lot of people walking around just kind of like a little lopsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, no one wants to. Because also, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I got two boots. I'm just not wearing them right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of kids like walking around being like, I like just like very early on being like, oh no, my my ego is challenged by this nine year old. Mm -hmm. And so he's got he's got he's got he's got eight boots, eight Mm. eight left boots. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And I think we'll say that uh, in Bendari, the trials of adulthood, like you actually take that trial when you're around 14. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are kids here ranging from, you know, like 11 or from nine, I guess nine is nine is probably the youngest nine, nine to 14. So there are some 14 year olds who are pretty embarrassed, pretending that they just don't feel like having two boots right Mm now (laughs) (laughs) so uh nathan before you uh, you were about to narrate and start the scene there are there are things that we have to do because we have to find out who controls the scene oh yes 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 yes. um but i do have one final question because i must know both of you being so young how do you look what does an 11 year old oromar veil look like Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, heroes, this is of course the audio from our 2023 Gen Con live show. I'm so excited to finally get the chance to share it with all of you. When we recorded it all the way back in August, I had no idea how or when this was going to come up in the show, but I'm really glad that we figured out the framing device of this tattooing scene. Uh, Obviously, the narration that we did at the beginning to set the scene for the live show doesn't exactly match up with what we did here. But I think it's better to picture this as the story that Oromar is telling to his tattoo artist slash metaphysician rather than him flashing back to a different time he was on the ship during a maelstrom that he also remembered all of this. A huge thank you to Tyler and Nathan for doing the live show with me and for wrapping up that game after the live show. So all of the live show listeners are going to obviously be rehearing this. However, there is going to be a new conclusion to this because we actually got to finish the game. A huge thanks to everyone who went out and reviewed campfire cards. We finally hit 50 reviews. I have emailed one of the lucky people who sent in a receipt for purchasing the game. They will be able to pick the subject of the new Skyjack short story that I'm going to right uh so if you entered that contest check your inboxes folks coming up in november we're going to be premiering skyjack's couriers call season three and skyjoust on its own feed finally i am making the final audio adjustments i i hope to skyjoust uh, getting it into position where we are going to be able to air it i sincerely hope to have that done next week and we should be launching Sky Joust on its own feed shortly after that. And with that, we will have a very exciting announcement. Abrace your inboxes, especially if you subscribe to the Skyjacks mailing list. And if you don't, you can head to bit.ly slash Skyjacks crew to sign up. 
Uh, also, if you want mailing list announcements, I think Patreon does non-paying memberships now. We might use that as a kind of de facto mailing list. So if you aren't a patron of OneShot yet, but do want to be a patron one day, uh, go sign up now. I'll try to throw some free stuff your way at certain points. Yeah, that, that's patreon.com slash OneShot podcast. And of course, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We would not be able to make this production or any of the other wonderful things we do here on the OneShot Network without your support. Please head over to patreon.com slash OneShot podcast and sign up to back us. It makes a huge difference to me and everyone who makes this show. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. What does an 11-year-old Oromar Vale look like? I mean, considering his kind of path in life was to go work with the Red Feather Syndicate at some point relatively soon, um, and they're probably going to be quite picky about the people he takes, mm -hmm. uh, they take, I, I think he's got some prep school energy to Ooh. this. There are shorts involved. <laughs> you know, Well, they're easy and fun to wear. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah 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 i i i think i think it's 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 that um he he has um he has a bit his big neckerchief going on um and the kind of like horizontal black and white like sailor stripe style top i like that so much and you know as a nod to our our good good friend Jonet kessler that's a red handkerchief for sure mm. Oh. Yeah, there was a oh, like a, it's like a family embroidery project kind of thing. So oh, a lot of family yeah. members have kind of like sewn patterns and stuff into it, and he's currently wearing it. I'll remember that for later. Oh. <laughs> Tyler, mm -hmm. what does Calvar look like? I think I think he's got like I want to say short, but also he's nine. He's got he's growing. Yeah, he's into, gonna be shorter than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. He can be he can be a little shorter than everybody else. I feel like he's got. It's not like a burlap sack, but it is a very uncomfortable top that's too big. And um, I think it was something that he, now that he's kind of on his winning streak, he's like wearing it very proudly. And he's also, uh, uh, he's got pants. He's got normal pants. <laughs> um, normal pants. But, yeah, normal pants. Mm -hmm. um, I think he has more, uh, he's like got sandals on, but I think around his, around on his shoulders, around his neck, he has like the shoelaces of all of the boots that he has taken. And so it's like it's it's a very like kind of haphazard, kind of like show offy and how like poorly braided together these um these like shoelaces are. But I he, bet there's not so shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He gonna learn. He gonna learn though. He gonna learn though. <laughs> well, we will figure out who learns. <laughs> as there's going to be a bid for control of this scene. Mm -hmm. The way this game works, each of these players is going to offer a bid. A bid uh, comes in two forms. The first is a bid of creation, a bit of establishment, where they will create a new fact about their characters based on a list of traits that they have on their sheet. Mm -hmm. For this first scene, you may only bid treasures or human traits. Gotcha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
that is establishing something that is a part of this character's history and a part of this character's story. Uh, they are both going to right now decide on what they would like to open their bid with. Um, and we will determine who has established the more significant thing to their character's history mm. and story. Mm. And that player will be in charge of the scene. Uh, however, each can then have two opportunities to offer raises to create new important elements that started here. Um, so we're starting with one, but mm -hmm. you will be able to raise for more. And whomever creates the most important and significant fact about themselves will be able to narrate how this scene concludes. Uh, so, you know, I saw both of you jockeying for who is going to, to be in control, who is going to win. Mm. Dig deep and you might win now. Mm. No, I'm happy to set that up. Yeah, because yeah, things that you end up bidding just to check. Yes, even if they don't win, they are still established as being true that can then be used later. Exactly, so, they will be true and they will remain to be true until, as we get to later in our story, you can keep writing. As we get to yes. later into our story, we can talk about the second type of bid because mm. there is the bid of creation, but creation is not the only thing that happens during a human life. There is also a bid of destruction. They can offer the facts that they have created for themselves to be destroyed, for them to lose the important things that they create for themselves throughout the history of their lives. And if that destruction is more significant, they will also be awarded control of the scene. So we will determine how Oromar and Calivar, two people who lived to be legends, built themselves what they needed to get there, and what they had to sacrifice to get there. With that, Tyler has finished writing. Your bids are locked in. Nathan, let's start with your bid. <laughs> the margins are scratch pad, okay? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. right, go ahead. No, I, uh, with the mechanics established of what we are using these bids for, I have chosen the human trait of what makes you confident with the answer, uh, a belief that vibrant courage always prevails. Mm. Tyler, what about your bid? Uh, I'm going to go with signature weapon. Ooh. And I think that is Calivar has two rings on his on his right hand that are oversized. They are heirlooms from his dad. And they are I think they're they're gemmed on one side, but like I would say he turns them to the gem side when it's time when it's like he's trying to throw down. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Normally it's just more of like a gold band a gold and a silver band on now his, uh, I guess his pointer finger and his pinky. The pinky is so precariously on there, but he kind of always has it like tucked. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, the question that I have for you guys is mm -hmm. between the two of you right now, who do you think offered the more significant bid? Oh, I mean, we know 
from for those who are into the Skyjacks more, that the signature weapon for Calavar is different. Mm-hmm. So clearly at some point there's a switch up here and that's juicy. Well, yeah, uh, but I will say, Nathan, perhaps that switch up happens because when they grow up, uh, they move into fighting with guns and swords. That he might can not still be a punch guy. <laughs> I have, we've both played enough fighting games that a punch guy is still like pretty solid. And yes, I will agree. If you want to be a punch guy in the world of Skyjacks, of course you can punch on the level of guns and swords. What I am no, saying I know, I know, I know. is um, that doesn't necessarily mean yeah, yeah. that he loses the rings. Mm-hmm. More significant to character. Mm. Uh, what do we think? I mean, you gave a like a life philosophy. That feels <laughs> strong. We can go with that. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I'll All take right. that. We'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> no, to put that spotlight, spotlight on him. <laughs> <laughs> Then you have the opportunity to raise, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Would you like to offer a raise against Oromar's life philosophy, um, which would be creating a new trait that you feel would be even more significant than that? And is that also still contained within treasures and human traits? Yes, anything okay. from treasures or human traits for that. Um, you can also choose not to raise, but Oromar will definitely be in control of the scene and have full narrative control over how it resolves. I think, uh, yeah, maybe uh, let's go with uh, what makes you kind. And I think Calivar has a, not necessarily a soft spot, but he lets people that he perceives to be worse off than him in. Oh, Wow. Ooh. He he he'll he only, he'll only try to punch up. That is a good that's bid. Good. That that's is a good. Ooh, that's a saucy bid. Hey, hey, you have it. I'll I'll let you take that one. I'm not even. This. I'm not I going to raise. No raises. Take that narrative, friend. No additional raises. <laughs> then it is night. We see moonlight glinting off of the waves in the harbor. The harbor of Bendari, which is now full of fake ships, after they lost their people's legacy when the stars fell. Bendari knew that there could be people coming from the sea, that many of the nations that they had encountered as sailors were not friendly places. If they couldn't build up their ships, they needed to appear to defend themselves, and after the seas turned out to be so dangerous even for brave Bendari sailors. They felt it safer to build a harbor full of false ships, of false masts that would ward off any potential invaders. We can see the moonlight glinting over those waves, over those fake ships, onto the sea of sand that makes up most of the town of Bendari, we see ships frozen in various states of disrepair, stretching out of the sand itself. We can see a few new buildings built out of logwood and concrete, the the type of concrete that is manufactured only in Bendari, using a combination of, of their clay and straw. It's very strong It does need to be replaced somewhat frequently, but it's easy to make and it is plentiful. And the Bandari people take pains to use only what is plentiful. Stretching out from that city, we can see trees waving in the wind. And 
in a circle of trees in a clearing, we can see the glint of firelight. The Bendari, as the children train, they train by firelight. Because the Bendari people believe in the traditions of the Grand Fire, they believe that their people owe stories to the Forest Queen in exchange for the wood that builds their ships. And children, who are many wonderful things, but talented storytellers is not like a thing that most of them are known for, maintain a fire so that the queen can gather their stories as they play and grow. And it is by the light of this very fire that we find the secret camp run by those who are preparing to become adults, who are preparing to become the thing that they have taught, been taught is sacred and beautiful, to become Bendari sailors. It is this firelight that a collection of children gather for the fights. There's only so much tension that you can work out within the rules. It is the purview of every child to stretch themselves outside of the rules because that is where they have space to grow. And the young folk here intend to grow crooked noses. (laughs) Start with your statements. It was a moment of recognition. We were ignorant and evenly matched. It was a moment of childish squabbling. We were ignorant of the stakes, but we were soon to prove what we had learned. Excellent. I leave it to you to narrate your scene. Being aware that Tyler has narrative control and mm-hmm. will be able to conclude it. Oh, okay. So we this is a it can be a vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This can be a vault where we can jump into dialogue, the scene is set. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I think we we see sort of a like a wide kind of aerial shot of like silhouettes uh in front of a fire, one having just hit the ground and another kind of like taking steps towards him. And it's like, like, all right, Tony, 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 sorry, Tony. You really tried, tried your best. We sort of like see a special of like some bloody spit hit the ground. And the camera kind of like pans up and we see Antoine. Mm-hmm. Man, this, this kid cheats. Cheats? Cheats? Yeah, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you try to get me in a headlock, I'm too slippery. No, Tony. you're wearing those rings. I didn't see it in the firelight. What you, rings? You, you got to have secret arms. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I think like he he says like uh like a uh what rings and like you just see like the the faintest hint at the the band like the mm-hmm. the the gems are on the other side. I don't know what you're talking about, Tony. I don't know what you're talking about. I just keep these tucked, all right? These are my personal uh, heirlooms, all right? Boots. Well, your knuckles are... You gotta get your knuckles looked at, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Tony. I think you just spent a lot of time looking at my knuckles. Boots. <laughs> there, there, there were a couple of children in the background like, Boots, 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 <laughs> boots, boots, boots. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and Antoine sort of like reaches out his his hand and kind of like gestures the boot. You know the rules. You agreed to the rules. Yeah. All right. Fine. Antoine rips his boot off of his foot, throws it in the ground, walks away. <laughs> Man, I could have been sleeping. <laughs> 
Don't worry, you'll sleep like a baby tonight. All right. Antoine makes whatever is considered a rude gesture for the Vandari. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, Antoine, <laughs> we got two Antoines. Oh, that's, right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Tony no, no, and Antoine. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, Actually, yeah, yeah. no, no, it's like, it's like uh, and for the rest of camp, you're Tony. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Well, off I go to sleep. Me, Tony Vornskier. <laughs> and that's the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Antoine kind of like, he turns to the crowd and he kind of does like, because uh, this is the like day, I guess, have the fights been going on for three, since? They're, they're, they're quite late, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, this is the illegal fighting ring. This yeah. Be a- so I, I, he kind of turns to the audience and kind of, uh, like offers up, like, well, we've been, we've been, we've been kicking ass and taking names for a while and, uh, it's going on, uh, it's, it's about midnight. So I think it's time we turn in everybody. What do you say? We just call it. Uh, hold on. What's that? You're already done. Oh, well, I've, I've, I've gotten, I, he holds up three shoelaces and I'm like, I've got a, I've, I've been, I've been working. I've been working. So, uh, wait, 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 hold on. So, um, sorry if this is like a rude question to ask, but you've been fighting for an hour and you've only have three of those. Hey, hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine kind of like, kind of like, Throws the, the the laces back over his shoulder, kind of like does a quick tie of them, and like if whoever's uh whoever's yelling out right now wants to stand up, there's always time for an extra round. Oh, good, because I, I I kind of you know s- snuck out here and everything to do the uh there's like gesturing vaguely <laughs> limply between himself and Antoine you know fight or whatever. Uh, you probably want to do that not differently if you want those to hold in place. By the way. Calivar, you recognize Mm -hmm. you recognize this kid it is the kid who always goes to bed on time (laughs) yes <laughs> we already know each other's. We already know each other's names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess at this point it's been, and it, it, yeah. even though we've not spoken, the names have now kind of yeah. come around. So yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, is is that is that nuts? Is that nuts? Wow, celebrity and and all around do gooder came snuck out past his bedtime. Yeah, I am. Um, I heard you were uh, uh, both really good at like fighting which cool you you, you <laughs> seem to be but also you seem to be a massive bully and that i don't think that's very uh conducive to a healthy camp environment so <laughs> i'm going to take your um sandal or whatever is is this how this works like you're specifically wearing sandals so if you lose you don't have to give up a boot is this like a silly loophole <laughs> the sandals are a fashion choice <laughs> And uh, another kid who is dressed like in a shabby way that feels similar to Antoine, a kid whose hair is is not done as finely, is adorned with wooden beads as wood is the wood is the birthright of all who come from Bandari. But those who are better off have families who have time to burn designs into that wood, Mm. to decorate it, to dye it, to paint it. They're just plain wooden beads. 
and it is a cruelty everywhere, even those places that don't have capitalism. There are places where status is still important, and someone who grows up without that status can feel it, even in a community that generally means to be better. They have been watching Antoine's bouts night after night, smiling, as many of the people who have picked on them have lost boots. Get him, Antoine. He, Antoine uh, shoots Corey a look and just gives him like a quick nod. He's like, you got it. And then, so, and then he kind of like, all right, come on up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I... <laughs> Why is this uh, weird? <laughs> He's like smiling, but also like, this is, this is weird and silly and it's late. <laughs> uh, and he has a wooden sword that he mm-hmm. has like carved himself. And it looks Ooh. like a toy. It's varnished like green. Um, <laughs> all right. So who's like calling for on guard and so on? And then Antoine punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no scene. Yeah. <laughs> <You're down. laughs> just, just a, ah, and it cuts to. Yeah. <laughs> that is where these two met scene two is when we united my first question is when you united who was your common enemy i mean at that point if we're reuniting again this is so this isn't reuniting this is when you uh were united this united, is the first right, time as a proper team together yeah this yeah. is right, the first right, time yeah, that yeah, calmar and orimar are like all right we're on the same side. Yeah, yeah, and that definitely feels like a post red feather thing. If we were, if we're capable of skipping that far forward, oh, you can skip almost as far forward as you want. Mm. So yeah, or at least red feather is I good. like the idea of it not necessarily being the defection point yet, but we have met, and that's probably the catalyst to a defection point. So yeah, so then you're both working aboard a red feather ship, or no, you're both aboard because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. they would. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a good company fit. <laughs> You're a bad culture fit. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Great. Well, how how long are we talking? How much of a time jump? Well, Oromar uh, joins the Red Feathers when he's at 14. 14 yeah. So at least three years. Okay. I guess this is there's is uh, maybe like in some kind of like a like a holding cell or processing. Oh wow. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there is a brig aboard whatever Red Feather ship mm-hmm. uh, Oromar happens to be working on, and Calavar happens to be a prisoner aboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, are we establishing what 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 was the reason why now, or is there going to be some questions later that no, tie no, into... no? Okay, Again, okay. this is a thing that I did not know about Calavar until this evening. Mm, um, cool. <laughs> so, what do we think Calavar did? I mean, I think clearly the Red Feathers arrested him mm-hmm. outside. Outside of the jurisdiction of Bandari, the Red Feathers took this kid that they perceived as a criminal to undergo whatever trial or imprisonment or terrible thing a colonial power imagines. Maybe he's like trying to sell. He like he sold. He sold like a uh, like a bum pistol or something. Like he. Mm. Ooh, uh, you know what? I I I will. S- How about this? He sold counterfeit Red Feather currency. Great. It's, oh, yeah. it's well, a crime bad. that literally the people yeah, yeah, yeah. of Bandari can barely conceive of. Currency is like 
what the fuck are you talking about? Why are mm. you doing this? So, yeah. Do you want what for what? I love <laughs> this kid commits in what the Red Feathers mind is a serious crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a crime that like probably Oromar would see as that's not a crime. Mm-hmm. What you people do is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like there's, uh, I think after like on the onset of the Red Feathers, like, making their way to Bandari, there's this sense of like, oh, everybody's exchanging like tiny little things and getting stuff for that. And like, oh, I can make a tiny little thing easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to make some tiny little things and I can have all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think like he's probably like walking on an easy street for like a couple months. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. he suddenly (laughs) in this one case, he's like, like, man, capitalism. Great, man. I can just, I just make stuff. (laughs) And then people give me things. This is awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think he's, he's like going to, he's probably like out here trying to buy some new shoes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, he offers the, he offers bits. And in return, like he's like handcuffed. Yeah. (laughs) No, I said, I said the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, and then we, we cut over to our, our holding cell. Yeah. So the the common enemy is, is apparently uh, the red feathers or at least the injustice of what has been done to Calvar or Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Then what impossible task drove you here? We return once again to the long line of prospective applicants for the Skyship Uhuru. We see another person come off that line, pop down some headshots and resumes. Who does this person look like? This person is like classic high school musical hot mm-hmm. kid. Fantastic. He's got there. It's his hair isn't spiked up. It just kind of looks like it naturally does that. And he's like too muscular to be it's like when when they make 25 year olds play high schoolers on like river riverdale and stuff Mm -hmm. he looks like that there's a kind of vacant expression on his face and yeah he's like dirty but it's not it's not detracting from anything well all right all right some good vibes off of this already i like you too Oh, hey. Uh, Hi. Good good to see you. Uh, what's what's your name and uh, what are you interviewing to uh, be a part of uh, the ship on? <laughs> My name is Derek, Derek Fleifer, and I'm excited to be here. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm excited to do it. And I brought my pictures. I didn't have any photographs of me, so I drew them myself. I hope that's okay. Okay, Hello. yeah. Well, this is maybe this is a good way to start uh, because we, we didn't ask it right off with the last person and we might have put them into the wrong program. Uh, how yeah. old are you? Because we do have an orphan program and and uh, and a sort of an adult track that, that's an actual career track. And I want to keep those separate. Yeah. I'm not great at lying. So let's just say I would prefer not to answer that question. But if you really want me to, I will. It's a strong boundary. Okay. Uh, so we, we can circle to uh, specific ages, but is, is illustration your uh, 
main deal or you may be looking to be a cartographer with the crew oh wow i never thought about being a maps person but that sounds cool i could do that knows what a cartographer is good first step we've cleared uh, at least a minimum age bracket here (laughs) one step forward (laughs) oh i know tons of cartographers oh gerardus mercator and i went to high school together okay Mm. oh and have you heard of ptolemy Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm getting a a picture on uh, your age range here. Oh, whoops. Uh, So, um, I mean, I I have to ask, as uh, in an environment where we have multiple people on the crew who uh, are older than they look, let's say, what are your (laughs) secrets? Well, let's see. You want me to tell you all my secrets? That means we must be friends. Okay. So here's (laughs) one that I haven't told a lot of people. My body was destroyed and I had to rebuild it out of turkey parts. Uh, oh. All right, all right. Oh, I've never done an interview before, so I did make something. It's a pie. (gasps) Ooh. Okay. What sort of pie? Just all the berries. Ooh. When you say all the berries, do you mean all the edible berries or just all berries? Oh. Slowly take the pie back. Okay. Mm. We have a bit of an Amelia Bedelia situation. (laughs) I went to high school with Amelia Bedelia. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think I have a way to narrow this down. On a scale of omnipresent to omniscient, where would you say you were? Um... Are they mutually exclusive? Not necessarily, but there is a z-axis of being infinite. Ah! Oh, I live on the z. Okay. Infinite. There's There's an infinity to you. This is... This is intriguing. Yeah. Are you all... Wait. Are you guys... Infinite? Well, uh, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> except me? in nah. one of us. <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking trying, mate. Nah. No, no, you're clearly <gasps> old enough where I can swear at you. It's Language. fine. <laughs> All right, I I get a lot of like like uh positivity coming out of you, but I, I guess what do you see yourself getting up to if you were on this ship? It's a pirate ship. We're going in and out of battle and uh, stressful situations. Honestly, a lot of times we're kind of going in undercover and uh with like you know we're deceiving people. And if you don't like to lie, I don't know if that's necessarily something that's that puts you on like you know field work. Okay, I would stay behind for that. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Good, good job. But I'm great at protecting people. Oh. Well, that's a plus. Okay. Uh, do, do you have any uh, special skills uh, that that might help in a situation like that? Sure. Yeah. I can fly. <gasps> and Whoa. Uh, I have this, and I I sort of like reach into. It's almost like the air parts like a curtain um, <laughs> next to me, and I reach beyond it and pull through it like the biggest anime sword you've ever seen and it is constantly on fire <laughs> okay okay what a treat great cool you have this cool flaming giant anime sword that you can pull out of uh space between spaces but you're are you so are you not into fighting Oh, John it. <laughs> Are you okay. okay. So I have some guesses. I'm going to try and narrow it down. Oh, Are, what are we guessing? Your deal. Your oh. whole business. I can just tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Just sure, tell us your yeah. deal. If you prefer to guess, I don't want to take the fun away. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You do your thing. Okay. My name's Derek Fleifer. Yeah. Lean in. I'm an angel. 
<gasps> me too. So is that what it me takes too. now? Just everybody <laughs> and their mother out is an ancient. I mean, that's great. I, I love that for you. Hey, no, I, I, you know, diversity-wise, uh, if you look at the percentage of the crew, we could probably use another angel. I, I start grabbing true. your hands and like dancing. There's an around. angel here. Wait, da, 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 it's me. You're dancing, dancing with them. <laughs> I'm an angel. It's me. Wow. Wow. What's your chore? Oh, I have to judge the souls of the innocent. Oh, that's easy. They're innocent. Yeah, yeah they're innocent. It's super easy. <laughs> What's yours? I watch. Oh, you just watch? Yeah, I'm a watcher. Oh. I make sure that the universe resets every time it's supposed to. Oh, does that happen a lot? Um, yeah. Um, About like um, infinity times. Oh, well, that's a lot. That's a big job. Yeah, okay, I well, stopped doing now, it. Hold on. I do need to know, how did you end your previous employment situation? Because a non-zero number of people have killed their boss, which isn't something that would exclude you from being on the crew. Oh but gosh, um, no, never. We probably oh. should need to know if you've killed God. No, no, no. I'm, I kind of didn't do my job great so i mm. left actually if you could not tell anyone that i'm an angel that would be really cool you know we've had a pretty good track record if not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're oh, good, yeah. We're good. Not we're bad good. This, this meeting aside sure yeah okay great because now that we're all friends i feel like i can trust you with that information uh spit yeah. also you don't remember anything <laughs> you well, will not I remember mean, this. you did announce it uh during a big grand fire oh yeah uh, i told everybody yeah. about it so i do you got it. And Will. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what a treat. This is exciting. This is exciting for me. I am excited. Mm. Uh, I, I guess in the in the bid of making sure that we aren't tokenizing Gable, mm -hmm. I would be, uh, that's, a, that's a, a, a thumbs up from me, I guess. And you can teach me how to do the cool sword thing, unless that's like an angel only thing, in which case I'm sure I can plan some way to be able to do that at some point anyway. Wow. You've got I enough hobbies, Cap. <laughs> Anyone can. Oh, I actually no. Sign me up for that master class. Let's go. I believe anyone can do anything. <laughs> oh, John it, John it. If only you knew. I, what, wait, oh, hang on. What are what are we alluding to? Oh, John. Why do I keep getting these? <laughs> Derek just kind of looks at you sadly. <laughs> wait, how many times have you had? The, how many times have you re have this conversation reset? Oh, so what do you many? know about? Are you Groundhog wait, Day in this? <laughs> Groundhog Day. I I, mean, I went to, I went to high school with the Groundhog. Just to run this out, I would love to list some people from history and time and see if you went to high school with them. Okay, uh, uh, let's go around a circle. Uh, Isaac Newton, high school. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any uh, well, so I guess I should be going farther in the past then. Uh, than Isaac Newton. What about uh, Genghis Khan? High school. Ooh, okay. Ella Fitzgerald. Summer camp. Oh. Huh, huh. King Arthur. High school. Oh. Huh. What? Okay. Uh, 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 the, the Energizer Bunny. Who? Who? Oh, huh. okay. Okay. So huh. we're learning. We got it. We, we've got okay. the pattern now. All uh, right. He, I've so got one. Fictional people. Yourself. Oh, I've been Ooh. in high school with myself so many times. And good news, I actually recently remerged with myself. Oh, what no. does that mean? Well, I had some uh, it's bad like thoughts. Superman three, I think. Oh, high school. Right. Oh, <laughs> Shut well, up. Just, right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm a. I'm a yes. Let's do it. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah he's in. 
I'm still well, not there, entirely there sold we go. on the welcome reality aboard. destruction thing. But yeah, well, well, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Here's your uh, hat and gun. <gasps> wow, <laughs> I don't need the gun, but I'll take two hats. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at DreamsToBecome or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Who've ever been kind And once for our friends Ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest We're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky